The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there in the jump seat today, back where she belongs. <laughs> back in the saddle. Finally, somebody who knows how this show is supposed to work. <laughs> Our producer, Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Hello. You Glad made, to be back. You made your writing debut on TexasFootball.com this weekend. I did, actually. Yeah, I gave uh, Pickle's five final thoughts from the game of the week, so that was... There's, we've got to come fun. up with a, a name, a, a pun, a pun. There's a there's a pun. <laughs> there's a pun waiting to happen this there. <laughs> recurring seg, this recurring uh, theme on uh, TexasFootball.com. Anyway, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Let's see. Here we've got uh, Rob Hathaway, uh, Patrick Abraham, Tanner Solis, and Sean Burnett. And sitting to my right, the tiny children to my Velociraptor, our West African prince, <laughs> is Ishmael Johnson. I was watching Jurassic Park this week. <laughs> okay, okay. I was like, Jurassic, I was like Park there's be Jurassic Park <laughs> Here's the thing. Still holds up. You're telling me yeah. that a Velociraptor, which we've established is not just a killing machine, mm-hmm. but also an intelligent one, yes. would be outsmarted by two tiny children? I mean, you know, it could be really incredibly smart, tiny children. They don't strike. One of the kids, <laughs> no, they're really one not. One of the kids no, got electrocuted really on an electric fence. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not. Okay, <laughs> the kids in Jurassic Park are not. That's smart. what's that's what that's what drives me nuts. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Like these two kids, these kids are dumb. It makes for a good movie. <laughs> a hopeful ending. It's a dumb plot device. <laughs> anyway, today is Monday, October fourteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Forty-five days until Thanksgiving. Episode eight thirty-six. Eight thirty-six. The number of hits per game for the nineteen eighty-two Texas Rangers. It went sixty-four ninety-eight. Wow. That was a bad team. <laughs> wow. What a stat. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We'll do it live. F it. We'll do it live. Monday morning, Fallout. We'll overreact to the football weekend. We'll reveal the rankings, TexasFootball.com. Although, let me tell you right now, if you're watching this live, <clears throat> let me just say this. Ish is intrigued. If mm. you're watching this live, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> no, I, I, you're if you're watching this live, they are up right now if you're an insider. Oh, uh, there you go. Ooh. So that what Premium. we're going to start doing is that if you're an insider, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, we're going to start posting them at 10 a.m. So you're going to get two hours and 15 minutes-ish of the rankings before anybody else, if you into that kind of thing. Become Dave that. Campbell's Texas Football Insider if you want to get your rankings first. Then, 12.30, we'll be joined by the head coach of the unbeaten Friendswood Mustangs. Coach Robert Koopman will join us. They pulled off a big win over Richmond Foster mm-hmm. on Friday night. Uh, bit of a stunner, turned that district upside down, and now... Listen, you want to go one-two punch? They get Shadow Creek this week, and mm. you want to you want to shock the world? <laughs> You're halfway there, halfway there. So we will talk with Coach Robert Koopman coming up here at about uh, halfway through the show. We'll reveal the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees, the 
team, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week, and we'll wrap it all up with a nice campus crawl there at the very end, which I didn't put on my rundown. I'm going to write it down right now. Campus crawl. It's in the computer. Oh, I know. So I'm we're not good. worried about it. It's still on my rundown. We're good. So we're good. It's on my run sheet. Anyway, there's all of that. Pickle. Yes. Hit the air. It's Iron Time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, per usual, a lot to overreact to. <laughs> talk about because of my three big thoughts thought number one every game matters um fact this is this is but this is not as obvious as it seems for example there are there are games where on friday night texas high school football that i can tell you were big sizable victories mm-hmm. right i don't need to tell you why a&m consolidated on saturday just lambasting lamar consolidated is a big win i don't need to tell you that right uh, I also don't need to explain to you why Salinas win over Paris mm-hmm. is so big. I don't need to tell you why. I don't need to tell you why San Antonio Brandeis' win over San Antonio O'Connor is important, right? Those things are kind of self-evident, but there is also another segment of games, particularly in six A, that I think it's easy to say, "Oh, well, it doesn't really mean." I'm talking about Lake Travis and Westlake. Lake Travis scores a 26-25 thrilling victory over Westlake. You were there. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. That was an <laughs> awesome game. That was a lot of fun. You would fun. think the so, first, yes. The first, uh, first half was very much in Westlake's favor. I think I wrote that on mm-hmm. my Friday Friday night piece was if you held Westlake or if you held Lake Travis to uh, 10 points, I believe they had mm-hmm. at the half, uh, you'd think, oh, cool, Lake Travis, or this game's in Westlake's hands. Mm-hmm. And but the problem was, West, uh, Lake Travis's defense was also up for that type of game. Their defense was really awesome in the first half, uh, and then the second half, the offenses both got got going for both teams, and then it was just fireworks, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Lake Travis, I believe, uh, uh, Grayson Sandlin had the game-winning touchdowns for Lake Travis, and it was just back and forth. It really encapsulated what that rivalry is all about. And it's obviously a great win for Lake Travis, but mm-hmm. it's easy to think, well, who cares? Right, because I mean, this, they're go, Westlake's going Division Two, Lake Travis is going Division One. Fundamentally, yeah. no playoff implication, right. right? Barring Lake Westlake would have to lose another game for this game to matter, yeah. right? I will say, I'll argue that it matters more for Lake Travis because there's a legitimate shot. There, I was worried about Lake Travis this season. So you had you lost to Ulysses Trinity. Mm-hmm. You know, you looked really, really shaky. Uh, in Martin. Some, Martin. Martin, Martin, Arlington Martin. Sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, Arlington Martin. And, you know, they haven't looked quite right yet. The offensive line has looked really shaky at times. Um, and I believe uh, even against Mansfield Timberview, they didn't look that great. They mm-hmm. won convincingly eventually. But against Westlake, it was like, okay. Like, they, they crushed you guys last year. They, and yes. they're on a two-game winning, they were on a two-game winning streak. You hit so, the nail on the head, yeah. which is it's easy to look at just the playoff implications and say, oh, well, it's just a win. It's yeah. fine. It doesn't really matter anything. But to me... This vaults Lake Travis back into that state championship conversation. Mm-hmm. That puts them right back in the mix. That gives them that kind of edge where you think, okay, Lake Travis is a team you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, We needed to see that. We saw it on Friday night. That's why I think even in those games where there's not necessarily the playoff implications, every game matters. Thought number two, start at 11. Uh, first and foremost, there was a game. There were games that started at 11 p.m. <laughs> Or Big AM, games. rather, um, as Oklahoma beats Texas. But but more importantly, I think we found out this weekend that there are not any top 10 teams 
in the state of Texas this year. There just aren't. That is with all due respect to SMU. I don't think they're one of the 10 best teams in the country. As with all due respect to Baylor, who's undefeated, I don't think they're one of the 10 best teams in the country. I think you had a chance. Two particular teams, A&M and Texas, could have proved that, hey, you know, A&M, it would have been, you know, it would have, you would have had to squint a little bit. It would have been, they would have had two losses. But you could say, hey, man, they just beat the number one team in the nation. They deserve to be a top 10 team. I think what we found out on Saturday is that there are no top 10 teams in the state of Texas. And it's been a while. Probably, trying to think of the last the last time the, that you were talking about top ten teams was probably when there was the Baylor TCU mm-hmm. teams. Maybe uh, it's not true. Houston, or, yeah, yeah, Houston, two thousand fifteen, mm-hmm. right? The the Orange Bowl team or the Sugar Bowl team, Sugar, Sugar Bowl, I think. Mm. Peach Bowl, Peach Bowl. Sorry, against Florida State. Yes, <laughs> against Jimbo Fisher. That is to me what we found out is that there is there is this group of top ten teams and the teams in Texas just aren't a part of them. Plain and simple. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's the only the only thing I came away with thinking on Saturday was, yeah, okay, it's just you know we're just not we're just not part of that mix. State of Texas is not part of that mix this year. My third big thought: seven and whoa. We are now seven games into the Texas high school ball season. Seven weeks in the Texas high school football season, and there are I tweeted this: there are ninety six undefeated UIL teams. Ninety six. Uh, some of them. Not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Allen's undefeated. Shocker. Surprise. Whoa, who would have thought? <laughs> Refurio, Canadian, undefeated. Yep. They've, pl- they've, pl- they've played some tough games. Right. Don't take anything away from that, but not necessarily a surprise. We've they, been here before. We thought these teams were going to be pretty good. Yeah. Right? Here are the teams we didn't see. Brownwood. Mm-hmm. Katie Pato is undefeated. Mm-hmm. Big game this week against um, Anne Consolidated. Anne Consolidated goes back-to-back against undefeated teams. Yeah. Post. Although Step had some thoughts on post in the in the offseason, he thought they were a sleeper. Honeygrove is undefeated. They're seven and zero. Beville Jones is seven and zero. Dieball six and zero. Pottsboro is seven and zero. Bandera six and zero. Win over Shout Quero. out Brady Keen. Yeah. <laughs> Win over Quero. Yeah. Man. Frisco High seven and zero. Gladewater Sabine six and zero. Sunnyvale. Now they're probably around that cusp. We thought maybe remember they were undefeated in the regular season last mm-hmm. year, but still impressive. Rockdale. Nice yeah. bounce back year for them. Holland, Abilene Cooper, Alto, Mount Enterprise, Round Rock Stony Points undefeated. Anyway, what I'm saying is we are now at the point now where we're entering week eight. If you're undefeated at this point, that is impressive. That is something we're sitting up and paying attention to. Those are my three big things. I liked your uh, I liked your response back to that tweet of. Uh Everyone berating you for leaving out teams when there's only a 280 character limit. Guys, I'm super impressed <laughs> that, that Alice great. and Palmer are undefeated, guys, but 280 characters. <laughs> <laughs> Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to Westlaco quarterback Jacob Cavazos. 197 yards, four touchdowns rushing, and 183 yards passing for Westlaco quarterback Jacob Cavazos. A helmet sticker for Haltom defensive back Johnny Smith Ryder. 14 tackles, a forced fumble, a fumble return, which ended up setting up, a, I think, a game-winning field goal, and their big win over Trinity, plus a sack and a tackle for loss. And finally, a helmet sticker to our friends at Texas A&M Sports Information. If you saw, I tweeted this. Our friend Travis Brown at the Brian Eagle was very no- nice to, to, to get a photo. Uh, Dave Campbell was at the Alabama versus A&M game, our, our, mm-hmm. um, our founder and editor-in-chief. He was there. 
Uh, and they honored him with a 12th man jersey, a Campbell 12 jersey, which was super duper duper cool. And I know that means a lot to Dave. So a shout out and a helmet sticker to the Texas A&M Sports <laughs> Information Department. Three teams to watch. San Antonio Brandeis. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they're, they are, it would be stunning, shocking, sh- shocking <laughs> if, they no. were, if they were to lose a game in the regular season. No. They've yeah. gotten past O'Connor. They've gotten past uh, Brennan. Mm-hmm. They're through the toughest part of 26 I was about to say, O'Connor was the big bad wolf that in was, the district. That so. was the one. They're good. They're past it. <laughs> they should be good. <laughs> David Branscom done a terrific job. Jordan Bell's their quarterback's great, and their defense has been really good. Lamar! Yeah. Take it down, Sam Houston State. <laughs> that was a stunner. Shutting me up. That was one. <laughs> Boy, howdy. That one That one caught me by surprise. That, like, I, I get. So whenever you look, I don't know if you have an iPhone, right? Yes. Okay. It's sitting right there. Um, <laughs> Open your eyes. Whenever you, if you have the Google app, mm-hmm. whenever you, like, Google teams, and I, I'm always Googling scores. I'm like, oh, you know, Sam Houston State win is Nickel State beating, right. you know, whoever. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Whenever you do that, it stores who you've looked up, mm-hmm. and it just sends you push alerts for scores. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just got a push alert. It goes, oh, Lamar 23, Sam Houston State. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crazy. How about that? Big win for Lamar. And finally, Hugh Springs. You want to talk about a team that's past the toughest part of their schedule. Mm-hmm. Hugh Springs, uh, they lost to Mount Vernon, but in back-to-back weeks, they've beaten Jefferson and Atlanta. That is impressive. Hugh Springs may, in fact, be the best team in that district. And then three to see. We're at the point, I'm not going to do three teams to worry about anymore because... Um, yeah, that took me by uh, surprise. Yeah, I, I had to switch up the graphics today. Oh, well. But I did, and here we go. Watch, ready, look. Good job. Three to see. Three to see. Because <laughs> I want to start spinning forward. Because at this point, if I'm worried about you, it, it, it may just end for you. You're just going to die. You're under 500, I, probably. Yeah, yeah. I can't change it. Like, yeah. I'm worried about Quero, okay? But, like, I can't change what they're going to do anymore. Yeah. Three to see. Cedar Park and Hutto. Huge game. Huge game. We're going to find what out a ton those? about this Hutto defense. I want to mm-hmm. see if this Hutto defense. Cedar Park has hit its stride offensively. Ryder Hernandez is cooking. I want to see what this Hutto defense has uh, going forward. Bremont and Granger, big game in Central Texas. Two teams that were at one point ranked. Uh, they can get right back in the saddle with a big win in the 2A ranks down there in Central Texas. And finally, maybe the biggest game of the weekend, Decatur and Springtown. Mm-hmm. This game is going to be dope. Two fantastic offenses. Going to be a lot of fun. Decatur and Springtown. Um, two great coaches, too. Mike Fuller yeah. and Brian Hewlett going at It's going to be a lot of fun. Those are three to see. That is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and Cruton all across the Lone Star State. We want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We're about to reveal the rankings. You can see them right now at TexasFootball.com if you're an insider. Just spoil it all. Yeah. yeah. Spoil it you for can, yourself. You can, you can go in there and just. N- Make me waste my time. Please do. Go. <laughs> Textfootball.com slash insider. Two magazines a year's worth of exclusive online content. Textfootball.com. Including, uh, I guess I'll just commit to it mm-hmm. <laughs> on the air. Ish and I are going to record a bonus episode oh, yeah. of Texas Football today. Yep. This week, we're going to do a bonus podcast for, for subscribers only. Where we're going we're gonna to hand out some, some uh, halftime superlatives. It's kind of halfway through the season-ish. Yeah. We're at the halfway-ish mm-hmm. mark. 
Uh, I don't want to wait another week. We're going to do it this week. So uh, we're going to do our, our semi-mid-season awards coming up here uh, for Insiders. Become a Dave Campbell Sexual Insider. Textable.com slash Insider. Hold on. I have a read for this. Let's see. Dave Campbell's Texas football is about to unveil its week eight statewide Texas high school football rankings. Uh, the rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider for the Associated Press starting in 2019. Weekly rankings are revealed live on TexasFootball.com every Monday at 12.15 p.m. at TexasFootball.com slash live. And complete rankings can be found at TexasFootball.com slash rankings. We start with Class 6A. We're obviously a little bit of a shakeup with Westlake and Lake Travis going down. There had to be some moves. As a result, Westlake drops from 15 down to 6. Westlake, uh, Lake Travis up a spot in front of them to number 15, or to, to number 14, rather. The rest of it is relatively chalky. The top, uh, everyone, uh, Converse Judson uh, leapfrobs Beaumont Westbrook uh, up to number, from number 7 to number, from number nine to number seven, DeSoto up a spot. Spring Westfield, Atascacita, Arlington, Martin all up a spot. Uh, down at the bottom, a little bit of churn. We had some churn at the bottom, including two new teams entering the rankings. Number twenty-four, Shirts Clemens, at five and one, they get uh, get a big win over New Braunfels Canyon. They are new to the rankings. So is undefeated Round Rock Stony Point, six and zero, oh, return to the top twenty-five after an impressive win over Cedar Park Vista Ridge. To five A we go. 5A Division 1, almost entirely chalky, but a little bit of a change. Uh, we we had some we had a little bit of uh, some moves in Texas or, uh, as far as the rankings are concerned. Uh, most specifically, uh, that uh, uh, that who lost? Did I miss that? Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, Lancaster, top six remain the same, but Lancaster makes a move up. So San Antonio, Wagner, Abilene, Cooper up a spot. New to the rankings, number 10, Cedar Park. Cedar Park returns to the rankings, setting up a top 10 showdown between with number six, Hutto, coming up here shortly. To 5A Division Two, we go. Where? A little bit more churn here. We lost number uh, numbers uh, seven and number eight. And as a result, we're going to have some changes there. New to the rankings, number or Huntsville up number uh, up even with a forfeit jumps up to number seven. Port Lavoie Calhoun up a spot. New in the rankings, number eight Red Oak, who cleared a big hurdle this week against unbeaten Dallas Kimball. They are new to the rankings at number eight. Also new to the rankings, the unbeaten Frisco Raccoons, number number ten in the rankings, a 38-7 winner over Lake Dallas, seven and zero to start the year for Jeff Harbert's squad. Uh, Sean Burnett said that it was Richmond Foster Richmond who Foster. lost. That's right. Thank you. Richmond Foster. I need to have that up. I always just clear them out because I forget about you. <laughs> 4A we go. Where a little bit of change. Needville, a big mover here. Their big win over Columbia jumps them up to number uh, 8 from number 10. Leapfrogging land passes. And new to the rankings this year, this week, Melissa at four and two, a forty to seven winner over Anna. They enter the rankings at number ten. To four A Division two we go, where it's almost entirely chalky. Uh, one through eight remains entirely the same. Iowa Park uh, moves up a spot to number uh, to number nine uh, from number ten, and new to the rankings, or I guess re-entering the rankings, Jasper fifty one twenty one winners over Shepherd. They enter the rankings at number ten. To three A we go. Where? A little bit of changes. 
Uh, we get uh, the top four remain the same. Grandview, Malakoff, Wall, and Bushland. Rockdale up a spot to number five. Dieball up a spot to number six. Pottsboro up a spot to number seven. New to the rankings, the number eight Hugh Springs Mustangs. Six and one back-to-back wins over state-ranked teams in Jefferson, who's Chuck stays the same at number nine after their big win over Mount Vernon. And Atlanta this week was very impressive. 32-29 winners over Atlanta. At number 10, staying the same, is Eastland. They remain static at number 10. The 3A Division 2 we go, where the top 8, uh, or no, we lost number 6. That's right. Number 1, Canadian. Number 2, East Bernard. Number 3, Newton. Number 4, Gunner. Number 5, Rogers. Abernathy up a spot to number 6. Cisco up a spot to number 7. Entering the rankings at number 8, unbeaten Paul Pewitt. Can we go back to 3A? Mm-hmm. Uh, unbeaten Paul Pewitt. Uh, as uh, they are, uh, they enter the rankings at number eight. Number nine, Poth, up a spot from number 10. And new to the rankings, the state-ranked Palmer Bulldogs at 6-0. and oh, They enter the rankings after a 48-13 whopping of Corsicana Mildred. Now on to 2A Division <laughs> One, where a little bit of movement here. Mason, despite a 23-22 win over Brackettville, drops from number 8 to number 10, leapfrogging them. Number 8, Alto, with a big win over uh, Big Sandy. And number 9, Post, who's up a spot after a drubbing of Hale Center. The rest remains the same. Refurio, Shiner, San Saba, San Augustine, Holly, New Deal, and Holland, all winners. And finally, in 2A Division 2, it happened, guys. We finally got a chalky week in 2A Division 2. Entirely the same. Everyone except Idle Albany won. So it remains exactly the same from one week to another. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how happy that makes me. That finally, 2A Division 2 has a little bit of consistency. Fall City, Albany, Mart, Stratford, Grapeland, Wellington, Hamlin, Flatonia, Wheeler, and Rawls. Guys, good job. We kept 2A Division (laughs) 2 the same. Good job. To the six-man world we go, where we have entirely chalk at 1A Division One. Balmeray remains the number one team after uh, shutting out Midland Trinity. Uh, oh, uh, Borden County remains the same at number two. Uh, McLean, White Deer, and Milford round out the top five. Paducah and Rankin at nine and ten were idle. Uh, everyone else remains the same. And in 1A Division Two, a little bit of churn here. Number three, Strawn loses its third game of the year to May this this year. They drop to number six. Still believers in the Bulldog, or rather in the Greyhounds, but they're going to need to pick it up here. That was a disappointing loss for them. Top two remain the same. Richland Springs inches up to number three with a win over Medina. Uh, Blackwell up to number four. Calvert up to number five. Gordon and Motley County remain the same at seven and eight, respectively. And new to the rankings, number nine, Groom, big win over Miami. And number 10, Blanket, with a win over previously state-ranked Brooksmith. To the private school ranks we go, where in the 11-man ranks, it is entirely chalky. Cedar Hill Trinity got a rain-weather-shortened victory over San uh, Antonio Cornerstone. Unbeaten Fort Worth Nolan remains the same at number two after their win over Argyle Liberty Christian. Houston Second Baptist, Austin Regents, and Dallas Parish Episcopal round out the top five. And finally, to the six-man ranks, where it was also entirely chalky. Idle Baytown Christian remains at the top with Dallas Lake Hill Prep right on their heels, undefeated at 5-0 with a win over Rockwall Heritage. Houston Emery Weiner gets a big win over Getting State School. Meanwhile, Watauga Harvest Christian and Bulverde Bracken, number four and number five, 
earn mercy rule wins over Longview Christian Heritage and Temple Holy Trinity, respectively. Those are your week eight. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Texas High School Football Rankings. You see them all at TexasFootball.com. If you missed it, our top-ranked teams in the state in 6A, it is Duncanville in 5A Division I, Frisco Lone Star, 5A Division II, Alito, 4A Division I, Argyle, 4A Division II, Waco Connolly, 3A Division I, Grandview, 3A Division II, Canadian. 2A Division One Refurio, 2A Division Two False City, 1A Division One Balmeray, 1A Division Two Jayton, Private School Eleven Man Cedar Hill Trinity, and Private School Six Man Baytown Christian. I will say that we are now entering the time of year where, because it's getting into district play, I would actually anticipate these things to stay pretty steady mm-hmm. the rest of the way, unless you get in one of those. Tough districts, like yes. no doubt, ZFW, District of Doom, well, and all that stuff. Right. But. Well, and for example, yeah, when when Cedar Hill and DeSoto play, obviously there's going to be some moves. Sure. This week, when Lufkin or when Hutto and Cedar Park play, mm-hmm. there's going to be some, some moves. moves. Um, you know, Shadow Creek, uh, when Shadow Creek, it, they play friends with this week. Depending on how things go, that could change. Mm-hmm. Springtown uh, Decatur, you mentioned Springtown that Springtown Decatur, mm-hmm. absolutely. There are going to be games still that are going to move some things, but if you're looking for those wholesale changes, it would take some chaos at this mm-hmm. point for that to happen simply because they're entering district play, and a lot of these ranked teams are going to be playing teams that, plain and simple, they're just a lot better than. And so that's something uh, certainly to keep an eye on. Uh, one game, one team to keep an eye on, I would say, is Needville. They get a big win over Columbia. They still have Sealy on the schedule. That's a big district game for them, but so far so good for the Blue Jays, 6-1. and one. They are at number eight in 4A Division One. Uh, you can, of course, see all the rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. And, yeah, there you go. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out texasfootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, a season's worth of Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast, uh, a Texas Football Today extras, Republic of Football extras, Recruiting analysis from our friend Next Level Athlete at texasfootball.com slash recruiting. Access to our archives, texasfootball.com slash archives. If you ever want to flip through uh, one of the old magazines, you can at texasfootball.com slash archives, including... Did you see what I tweeted this week weekend? No, I don't so pay attention to your Twitter. Good point. Um, on eBay yeah. this week, uh, I had, oh, yes, I I had not bid actually. on anything on eBay in a long time. Yeah. But I have a tab open mm-hmm. for... Um, I have a tab open for a search for Dave Campbell, just mm-hmm. in case people are slandering us. Uh, and so, every once in a while, there'll be a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of uh, e- you know like things popping up like eBay. Oh, a 1960 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Yeah. So one popped up. It was a 1969 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And so I asked, or I I went there and I was like, oh okay, well I wonder what it's going for. I was like, oh it's currently the there's no bids, but it's the starting bid is 24.99. And I know how much those things are worth, and they are worth more than twenty four nine nine. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll put in a bit. I put in. I think I put in thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Right, that was my maximum bid. But of course, it just starts you off twenty four ninety nine. Yeah. Nobody else bid on it. So now <laughs> I am the proud owner for very cheap of a nineteen sixty nine edition of Dave Campbell's Texas I saw, football. I did see on Twitter people were like, "Oh, shouldn't you, you know a guy who could hook you up with some of those?" And it's like, "Eh, you'd be surprised." Yeah, you yeah. really would. <laughs> um, I got to be honest, uh, you you there would, are copies we don't have. Like, yes, absolutely. Or we have like one. 
Yes, absolutely. That is uh, that's something that I I you know because I've got my we've got our our collection here. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I don't have my own collection, and I like to have uh, my own collection. Mm-hmm. So um, we are uh, I, I, you know I was happy to get it, and and anytime I can get one, if you can get one. Basically, any time before 1974, yeah, any of those first it's, 15, it's a crap shoot. you a crap are shoot. doing pretty well. And by mm-hmm. the way, if you're wondering, the going rate for a 1960 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, uh, the original uh, edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, uh, if you can find it for anything under $500, you should just go buy it. Yeah, like really, that's the that's the going rate. We have one copy. Yes, here. I think uh, yeah. we with two, two because two, okay. we've purchased a couple extras, right? Um, and so we can um, basically the latest. I think the only the on, the latest magazine we have for sale because we don't have those for sale uh, is sixty five. I think mm-hmm. ninety six, and that's like we're you know it's a hundred because there's only a couple left. But uh, anything before that, we are not selling because <laughs> there's not many left. No, we're not, and that's the thing. Textbook.com, We have our store up. Mm-hmm. That if you want to try our store. Anything we have that's available for sale, we will sell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on, you know, the price basically depends on how rare it is and how many we have. So, uh, um, But now, get digital archive. You can get digital archives. That's the whole Be point. Be a subscriber. Textfootball.com slash archive. You can flip through any of the editions of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. So check that out. We are efforting Robert Koopman, the head coach at Friendswood here on Texas Football today. So hang with us. <laughs> um if, if people are wondering why I'm just on my lap, I'm, I'm doing the pickums right now. So I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not just ignoring Greg, even though I do that normally. But Try I'm, to sell one more time. I am actually. Because uh, I texted with him yesterday. Doing the pickum contest right now. So. Let me. <laughs> I think I did put the Fighting Brady Keens at Bandera on the pickum this week. So mm-hmm. there's some, there's a little behind the scenes. <clears throat> hey, ah, I oh, think we got, got him. Fantastic. I think we got him. Good. Isn't that thrilling, guys? This is the value of live broadcast here. Um, yes. By the way, I think we're going to have somebody. I don't know if I told you that. I think oh. we're going to have somebody coming in here, like a Fox cameraman coming in here tomorrow and oh. doing some video stuff. So. Sure. Okay. That's cool. So. It's cool with me. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I won't be on the show because that's, sh- that's Sean's day. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like. Okay. Maybe, in general. Maybe shower. Oh, okay. You that, know. Yeah, I'll, Who's I'll, coming on? I'll, get, I'll, I'll tell you when you're older. I missed it. <laughs> All right. Gosh darn it. I didn't have my headset on. Let's go to the hotline, Ashley, and bring in the head coach of the undefeated Friendswood Mustangs. We are joined by Coach Robert Koopman. Coach, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Glad to be with you. I imagine you guys are feeling pretty good down there in Friendswood these days. We're feeling pretty good until you look up and you see Shadow Creek on the horizon. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, no rest you know, for the weary. I don't know. I don't know who does the schedules there, but I don't know. Well, um, I know two years ago, realignment, I was sitting with Coach Severick at Texas City, and we, we've been friends for a long time. We open up that packet, and we say, he's there, welcome to the SEC West. Yeah. And um, that, that's kind of what it feels like. Well, I want to I want to first and foremost, uh, you know, congratulate you guys on your big win over, over Richmond Foster. <laughs> um, you guys go into halftime down 20-17 to 17 and then rattle off, uh, you know, outscore them, uh, you know, 17-6 to six in, in the third quarter. What, what were you telling your guys at, at halftime of this game with, with it close but you guys trailing? Well, one thing, we have good football players, and I, I told them on Thursday, we, we belong. You know, we, we belonged on the field with those guys. And so we just told them at halftime, we made a few mistakes. We actually should have been ahead as our own mistakes. And we just keep on keep doing the same thing we, that we were doing. And um, 
our kids believe, our coaching staff believes. Um, you know, we lost last year by one touchdown to Falk, and we lost to Shadow Creek by one touchdown last year. So um, we were close. Uh, and, and our kids just feel like, you know, they're a year older, and, and they, they feel like they compete with anybody. Well, and you guys, obviously, you, this, is a, this is a huge win for you guys, not only in the district standings, but also just, just heading forward. Uh, but, you know, one right. thing one thing I'm interested in is, is, you know, last year you guys go 6-4, and four, you miss the playoffs, you're on the outside looking in on the playoffs. Has that been a, a motivating factor? Has that been something uh, that you guys have been talking about uh, during the offseason? Pretty much every day since the first Monday of our last football game. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a motivating factor. We've totally redid our offense for two reasons. One because our quarterback is very talented. And two, um, you know, we live in a fast neighborhood, and we're not always the fastest team on the field. And so um, we totally revamped what we did offensively. You know, we I, I told the kids we've been preparing for the next three weeks since last January with all the man coverage we're about to see. And so, yeah, it's been a motivating factor for us. Uh, we're talking with Robert Koopman, the head coach of the Friendswood Mustangs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, you mentioned your quarterback, Luke Gurdon, who was nails, uh, came up with big play after big play in, in your win uh, last week. But I know that is not nothing new for him. I know this is a guy who, is, who has been a star for you guys. You know, we can look at the numbers and, and, and see, what he, see the numbers he's put out, but you're the guy who gets to see him every day in practice. What is it about Luke Gurdon that, that makes him special? Well, one, his, his arm talent is unbelievable. And I've been on this campus for 26 years. We've had some good ones. And um, um, Jacob Karam, Jeff Ballard played at TCU. And we've had some. And his arm, his arm talent is probably the best we've ever had. Um, it, it's unbelievable. Um, and so it just goes, but you know, when he's a freshman and sophomore, you play him, sometimes you forget he's a freshman and sophomore. And so he's just, he's in that part where he matures. He just understands the game. You know, he, he, he's, he's completing at about 68% right now. And so, you know, he's really understanding what defenses are doing and what they're giving to us. That, that's kind of been where he's made his big jump. You know, we don't have Oklahoma commits. We don't have UT commits and LSU commits. And so we have to battle for every, every bit we get against these people we're playing. And that's kind of his mindset. And the ability, like I said, he, he's, taking, he, he's, he's, he's taking what they're giving us. Uh, you know, the other thing is that, that I take a look at what you guys have been able to do this year, and, and it seems like we've seen this defense take a real step forward uh, in, in you know, being able to shut down teams, and it seems like the thing that you guys do best is, is you take away the thing that other teams do best. Um, I'm interested, what kind of changes have you guys made on the defensive side that have you guys rolling right now? Well, one, we have a really good defensive staff that led by Coach Bruce Boulder, and he, um, that, that's always kind of our culture card. What mm-hmm. again? We're not we're not always the most athletic team out there. So we're going to hold on. What what do we do best? And we're going to we're going to try and take that from them. But we've gone to more of a three front, a four front. We've been traditionally a four two five front man because we've always liked our defense stands. But we've kind of moved more to the, the three front, like everyone else is running, and, and it fits our it fits our personnel really well. And one thing we we have in friends with are very intelligent kids. And I think you take you take our coaching staff and their approach, and you take the intelligence of our kids and the emotion they play with, and it has. We, we're we're playing better defense than we've played in a long time right now. Uh, I want to ask you now. You know, you you mentioned um, you know that that there, there's no real rest for you guys. You know, now all you guys get to do is go on the road and play a team that played for a title last year and is is undefeated. You guys go on the road now uh, to take on uh, unbeaten Shadow Creek. I'm, I'm I'm interested in in 
what is the what is the attitude around the program right now? Because obviously, undefeated, feeling really good about these, feeling really good about these things. Uh, is there a feeling that hey, why not us? It's a feeling of that, and our kid, you know, historically, friends were kids compete. I mean, we, we we talk about slaying dragons. We slayed a lot of dragons around here that people didn't think we should slay. Mm-hmm. Um, those four years we spent in six A, you know, we took down a Tindo High Tower team, and we took down a Summer Creek team with all their kids. And um, you know, I, I, so our kids our, our kids aren't in awe of many people, and so I don't think they're going to be in awe on Friday night. And same thing as last year. You know, we like so we played those guys a one possession game. Um, you know, I, all we can ask of our kids and I, is maximum effort. And then the rest kind of takes care of itself. And, and so, you know, we're kind of low-key around here. We try not to get too high when it's high. We're not to get too low when it's low. Um, we're, we're just, we're just going to approach it as you know, they're a team. They're 16, 17, 18-year-old kids like our kids are, and let's go, let's go play. Uh, you've been there for a spell now. You're you're in your uh, eighth season there at at, at yes. Friendswood. Um, I'm I'm interested. You know, how have you seen this program change? Maybe since the time you arrived to to what you guys have going now. Well, so I've been on campus for 26 years. Mm. I've been head coach eight. The one thing that's been consistent through those years is the the energy and effort that our kids play with. You know, we we um again we, you know we. We're not we're not the hottest recruiting trail out there, right? Mm-hmm. Jimbo and um, Jimbo and Nick are coming to my office, <laughs> and um, and we play in a district where uh, I told someone the other day if you if you took just a commits out of District Ten Five A, you could put a pretty good Division One football team together. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> so our kids approach it a different way. You know, we I keep telling our kids we're special, but we're special in a different way. We're special in our effort. We're special in our in our preparation. We're preparation how hard we work and. And that's kind of been the calling card for years around. It started with Henry Winston, who was, you know, there's only been three head coaches in the last 45 years here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're stable. We're stable. Play. We're a blessed community. We're small. We're only 13 square miles. And we still have that small town feel to us where every first grader in town is still wearing blue. And so um, I think that all kind of adds up to a, a great program that's just through the years, through 20-something years, has been consistency, and I think that's the biggest key for us is the consistency. Uh, it's Robert Koopman, the head coach at Friendswood here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. All right, Coach, let's let's talk about it. Friday night, 7 o'clock yep. uh, at Freedom Field. You're drawing Shadow Creek. Uh, I know you have been pouring over film. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look <laughs> at what you guys are up against on Friday night, uh, what do you see? Um, I see... Um I was unlucky enough to compete against Lamarck in the nineties. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I see a defense that looks a lot like that, where mm-hmm. every kid runs. I mean, and and I'm talking about every kid. And so, um, you know, I always say they don't break down because they know their friends right behind them to clean it up. And um, and so you you see a lot of that. There, there's just speed all over the field. And then the drones kid at quarterback used to be a strong kid. And so. Um, you know, there, there's reason they're number two in the state, and there's a reason they're holding, I think, in six games they've given up less than 700 yards of total offense is because there looks like there's space there, and that space gets taken away really quickly. And so, you know, we're going to have to – we'll throw the ball. We're going to throw the ball around, and we're going to give up some sacks, and we're going to make some big plays too. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a daunting task, but we're up for it. 
Uh, you guys have certainly been up for every game this year, so there's, there's no reason to count out the Friendswood Mustangs undefeated uh, with their coach, Robert Koopman. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on your big win over Richmond Foster on Friday night, and uh, best of luck Friday night and down the road. You bet. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There he goes, Robert Koopman, the head coach, Friendswood Mustangs, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that, was, that was a shocker. That was one that you know we knew going, going into the year, if you look at our Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings, we knew that there were going to be some big games on the horizon in that district, mm-hmm. right? We knew that uh, Shadow Creek and Angleton was going to be a big game. Yep. We knew that Shadow Creek and Foster was going to be a big mm-hmm. game. Foster and Angleton, right? Friends kind of was expected to be a three-way dance for that district. Friendswood, Friendswood's the party crasher. Yeah. Friendswood's the one that we didn't see coming, and I think that they kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, they've that is a huge, huge win. Now, Next two weeks, I mean, they go. <laughs> the rest of their their schedule is Shadow Creek on the road, home against Hightower, who is suddenly looking extremely dangerous mm-hmm. as well. They take on Rosenberg Terry; they'll be favored in that one. And then they finish up at home against against Angleton. I mean, it is a brutal district in 10-5A Division One, one of the very best in the state. In fact, I want to say that our computer rankings had it as the toughest district in the state in 5A, mm. uh, and that is saying something. That is an extremely difficult district, but. They have they have come out and they have come out soaring. And that defense, I think, has really taken a step forward. And they got a quarterback in Luke Gurdon that I think is 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 a playmaker. So look, I think he's right. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Shadow Creek's number two in the state. Yep. There's a reason Shadow Creek is a favorite on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going out on a limb. But they've already gone and beaten a team that they were they were favored. They were underdogs against. Why not do it again? And if they <laughs> do it again. If they do it again, that turns a lot of things upside down. That that, that shakes yeah. up that shakes up not just that district, that shakes up that region. I was about to say. So I can say that was going to be the uh, you said it was going to take like a big big shakeup to change the yeah. rankings. Now that would there be is, one of that's them. a seismic shift. If that were to happen, then that would be really really impressive. So appreciate Robert Koopman join us. Uh, Mustangs feeling good and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's and of course see us at TexasFootball.com Dave Campbell's Texas Football along with Wells Fargo and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most serving high schooler in the state of Texas every Monday at noon. TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then let you vote at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon with a winner being announced right here on Texas Football Today shortly thereafter. Another ridiculous week of candidates. Let's get to our candidates. You can, of course, see them at TexasFootball.com in the poll right now. Katie Taylor running back. Casey Shorter ran for 373 yards and six touchdowns. And that's about the bar. Mm-hmm. 373 and six touchdowns on the ground is about the bar. Round Rock Stony Point uh, running back Kendall Taylor ran for 281 yards and four touchdowns himself to keep Stony Point, now state-ranked, undefeated. Midland Lee wide receiver Loic Fuanji, 11 catches, 238 yards, and three touchdowns. In a game, they were down. Midland Lee was down to Wolf of Friendship, but they rallied thanks in large part to the heroics of uh, wide receiver Loic Fuanji. Also state-ranked, Bushland quarterback Jared Thomas threw for 241 yards and five touchdowns and ran for 67 yards and a score himself. 
Needville running back Ashton Stradick was a man among boys. 307 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. And I want to say, I know he had a 99-yard touchdown run, and I want to say he had an 88-yard touchdown run, too. <laughs> and it was just like, we had the highlights, and it was just like, zoom. <laughs> Longview running back Caden Meredith, 333 yards and four touchdowns rushing. By the way, somebody got to me on Twitter and said, oh, actually, it was like 354. Longview News Journal has it 333. If somebody can correct that, that's fine. But right now, it's 333. Fredericksburg wide receiver Jarrett Beard. This is one of those games. 13 catches, 194 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. 32 yards and a touchdown passing. <laughs> four tackles and a fumble recovery. Just like, okay, <laughs> just sprinkle that in. Yeah. <laughs> Waxahachie life quarterback Gage Mayfield went 8 for 10 for 230 yards and three touchdowns. He had a two-point conversion passing. He also ran for 173 yards and two touchdowns and a two-point conversion rushing. Not a terrible Just day. kind of a holistic approach. <laughs> Palestine running back Jeremiah Davis ran for 311 yards and two touchdowns on the ground and also had two 89 yards and two touchdowns receiving. And finally, Fabens running back Jose Reyes, 377 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. So those are your Week 7 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Katie Taylor running back Casey Shorter. Round Rock Stony Point running back Kendall Taylor. Midland Lee wide receiver Loic Fuanji. Bushland quarterback Jared Thomas. Needville running back Ashton Stredick. Longview running back Caden Meredith. Fredericksburg wide receiver Jarrett Beard. Waxahachie Life quarterback Gage Mayfield. Palestine running back Jeremiah Davis. And Fabens running back Jose Reyes. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Uh, Step clarified too that um, the Longview coaches had 333. For their yardage. So, there you go. Step there you go. knows everything. Yeah. President business. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Campbell's Texas <laughs> football is proud to honor one team from each public school classification with a Team of the Week award. Team of the Week award. The school selected throughout the course of this program have best exemplified the best at Texas high school football. Your Week 7, Dave Campbell's Texas football teams of the week. In 6A, Dallas Jesuit. Significant underdogs against undefeated Prosper. The Rangers outmuscled their district foe, getting 93 yards and four touchdowns from E.J. Smith en route to a 41-14 victory. In 5A, A&M Consolidated. In a matchup of unbeatens, the Tigers prove that they are for real, going on the road and smothering Lamar Consolidated, 41-7. In 4A, Needville. The Blue Jays wrote a terrific game from Ashton Stradick in an opportunistic defense to an emphatic 34-17 victory over state-ranked Columbia, inching closer to its first district title since 1987. In 3A, Palmer, the Bulldogs' defense was relentless, holding high-powered Mildred to just 110 yards of total offense while their own attack reeled off 600 yards in a dominating 48-13 win over previously unbeaten Corsicana Mildred. In 2A, Windthorst. Trailing 6-0 in halftime, the Trojans used a pair of defensive touchdowns in a big game from Autry Blagg to rally past rival Archer City 24-19. And in 1A, Mount Calm. The Panthers used a big second quarter to roar past Walnut Springs 46-34, earning their first win since October 2017 and snapping a 19-game losing skid. So those are your Week 7 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. In 6A, Dallas Jesuit, 5A, A&M Consolidated, 4A, Needville, 3A, Palmer, 2A, Winthorpe, and in 1A, Mount Calm. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. We're Texas Football today, every weekday at noon. You know the thing. Textable.com slash insider. <laughs> be an insider. <laughs> eh, whatever. I don't want to beach down. Okay. It's now time for Campus Crawl. Mm-hmm. Campus Crawl. 
college football recap of the weekend. A little bit of look at each of the 12 SPF te- FBS teams. S- SPF? FBS teams that's, that's in the state of Texas. Uh, of course, it's in a mystery order. If you can name the mystery order uh, in Facebook comments, then we will shout you out. And you get a pat on the back. We'll pat on the back. We'll tussle of your hair. We'll tussle of your hair. Or tussle my hair, Mr. Hanks. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. What a reference. All right. Let's start. <laughs> Baylor. I don't know. <laughs> Question um, mark? I think this is a good team that plays to its competition level, is what it is, mm-hmm. because they're better than Tech, and they should have run away with them, run away from them. But they did not play well for basically three quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up turning it on. Charlie Brewer was, ugh. yeah. Me and John had the discussion of has Charlie Brewer plateaued a bit, and it's like I don't know. Yeah. Like on one, like look on one hand they're six and zero, and they shouldn't apologize for being six and zero. They're right. bowl eligible, and that's a huge feat. Mm-hmm. But if you're like projecting forward, I'm like, especially now losing Clay Johnston, their linebacker, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a huge loss. loss for them. I don't yeah. mean to be bearish ah, uh, on a team that is six and zero. Yeah, I just have concerns, and I just think they're a lot better than Tech, and they didn't show it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's, that's a little bit concerning to me, yeah. especially at home on homecoming in front of a big crowd. That was not the kind of dominant performance I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, six and zero is six and zero. Don't apologize for anything. Um, I know there were weird calls in that game. That's six to say. That's what a majority the of the comments have been right now. Is it did Tech get ripped off? Yeah, uh, the, the we'll get to that. The snap infraction. The snap infraction. Yeah. It's a bad call. Yeah. Uh, I am not of the opinion that one call ends up shaping a game. I think you should go out there and win it regardless. Right. So I'm not here to, to say that. But uh, if you're asking me if it was a bad call, yeah, it was a bad call. Mm-hmm. And should that should Tech have had an advantage there? Yeah, they should have. But um, you know, I. I, I understand why Tech fans feel ripped off. They should. Um, it's it's an ugly way to lose, but at the same time, you got over other opportunities to win that game. We're talking about Baylor, though. Baylor gets the win. Bigger challenges ahead uh, for them. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, this this was that if they this was this was this was I mean this is a six and zero, mm-hmm. but it was a red flag for me. And if they play like of, that in against Oklahoma State, yeah, or at TCU, or certainly against Oklahoma Texas, mm-hmm. then they're going to lose. Those games. I was about to say the reason why we were high on Baylor this year was because of their easy schedule to start the season. Yes. Now they start going into that te- the teeth of the schedule yes. where we really start figuring out what the team Absolutely. is. Absolutely, but six and zero, six and zero. Yep. They say bowl eligible is bowl eligible. Eligible. That's hard to say. Quickly. Next up. <laughs> Next up. Houston, and we wondered. I you guys know I love that phrase dead cat bounce. We wondered <laughs> if the North Texas game, and well, I will have thoughts on you, North Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we so wondered if the North Texas ga- uh, game was a dead cat bounce, and Clayton Toon looked bad, mm-hmm. very bad. Nine for twenty-seven, hundred eighty-four yards. He got picked off three times. Kyle Porter actually had a nice game, yep. but the defense got more or less beat up by the you know uh, by Desmond Riddler, Ritter rather. Um, and this was just this is a game where they could never find any sort of offensive like oomph, any offensive consistency. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it was a game into the fourth quarter, and then they got drilled. They got worn down. Yeah, and they looked like a team that was missing a lot of key pieces. I was about to say that was this was the game that we that 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 Houston was going to be snapped back to reality. It, it, it was like, hey, look, that's great. You guys rallied on after a bad week to beat North Texas. Like, you know, it was a big one yeah. for you guys. But in that game. It was a lot of big plays. It was a lot of like you know uh, non-offensive touchdowns. It was a lot of things that didn't necessarily show 
uh, Clayton Toon didn't exactly show in the game against North Texas that he mm-hmm. could sustain drives, could this offense could stay on the field, could really meticulously work down the field. They were hitting big plays. Those didn't come against Cincinnati. So, you know, it showed that, okay, this is – we didn't exactly solve everything overnight. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. Right. And, and, and here's the thing, okay? If you're and, – and obviously you can't do this. Mm-hmm. But if you take away – if you take away Clayton Toon's 69-yard touchdown pass to Marquez Stevenson, mm-hmm. then he was 8 for 26 for 155, 115 yards, one touchdown and three picks. And yeah. you can't take that pass away. It's a great pass. It skews mm-hmm. things. Great play. Right. But it's like like you you now know how important D.R. King was to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, this felt like it was it was coming back to reality. Now, Cincinnati's a good team, and there's no real shame in losing to a, a rank. I think they're ranked for a reason. Right. But that was it, it was it felt felt like a fallback to earth for for Houston. Next up, North Texas. I'm done. I'm yeah. Done with them. They're just not very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. They're not very good. Mason Fine. If you want to talk about regression, now he can't be. He, nobody's protecting him. Mm-hmm. But he feels like he's regressed. Yeah. And more importantly, we thought in the early season, before the season, go read the magazine. We said we think safeties are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We got big questions at corner, and the corners have have answered. Uh, 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 Bud Elliott asked me. He had something about has there been any more disappointing team from a betting perspective than North Texas? No. Nope. And I kind of commented on that. He goes, it, "Did it, did their secondary just get like a lot worse?" Right. And I kind of told him. I was like, "Look, the safeties have been okay, I guess, but they've been fine. Mm-hmm. But corner there was a big question, and the answer has been poopy." Yeah. <laughs> Um and so they when they're not running the ball, then it all has to be on Mason Fine. Mason Fine, I think, has taken a step backwards. I think I think obviously the receiver core is hurting a little bit. Yep, and that that doesn't Rico help Bussie. things and he's not been able to be but it's like when you combine that like a half step back from, from Mason Fine in this offense mm-hmm. with what feels like a full step back from this defense. Mm-hmm. And now Trey Siggers is hurt as well. Like it's this, just, all, it's this is Yeah, that the Mason was in the tent for half of the game, which doesn't no. you know, doesn't help anything. They brought in Jason yeah. Bean and it's like interception on his first throw. Which okay, I have to say, on that interception, I give them big credit for straight up just going for it. Sure. Because at oh, that right, point yeah. you're down Be by twenty you something points just Throw the bomb and let's see what happens. And, and look, they've still got. I mean, look, they've now got to win six of their final eight. Um, six of their final eight. Um, no, they got to win four of their final six. Rather, um, they still got UTEP and they still got Rice. Right? That should be two. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, okay, should be a win. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's bad. LaTeX. They lost a LaTeX last lost year. Lost LaTeX last year. LaTeX rolling. LaTeX UAB looks troubling. pretty. U- U- Middle Tech. Tennessee next Middle weekend. Tennessee. That's a big game. It's a. B- I think it's that a and, it's, and it's at home too. You win that. You win that game. You got a shot at bowl eligibility. If you don't, it's, it's, looking it's you're looking at five and seven. That's a huge game for the fan base too because people are yeah. going to quit showing up mm-hmm. if they lose next weekend. That's yeah. a good point. So it's a big game. Next up, Rice had the week off. Good job, Rice. Yep. They did not lose the bye week. Next up. <laughs> SMU had the week off. Good yeah. job, SMU. Still yeah. undefeated. Still stay, still ranked. Next up, TCU had the week off. Yeah. This is all rolling along. <laughs> Offense Next. looked good in practice. Offense looked good in practice. <laughs> uh, Texas. Did not have the week off. Oh. Did not have the week off. Had the opposite of the and, week off. And, <laughs> and here is here is the thing. Yeah, they had the very opposite of the week <laughs> off. Um, I know that that was a seven-point game. 
And I know I don't like to swear on this podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, but that was a took his kicking. (laughs) (laughs) That was an absolute domination from Oklahoma. The only reason that was a seven-point game is because Jalen Hurts turned the ball over twice. Jalen Hurts Hurts was a little bit loose with the football, Mm -hmm. but whenever he was finding CeeDee Lamb, he got to do whatever he wants. And we were wondering which kind of Texas secondary was going to show up. Mm -hmm. The bad one showed up. Yeah. I the bad one. Yeah. The the other thing that stood out to me was it had been a long time since Texas had played a a, a team with a running quarterback in a running offense. Mm-hmm. I had to go back to 2016 against BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 2016. Maybe it might have been 2014 against BYU. But um, that was the last time, and obviously Texas is a very different program since then, but that – that proved that, okay, they haven't played an offense that's geared around a running quarterback before. No. And guess what? Jalen Hurts, was he, he would step up once into the pocket and have eight yards of space yeah. every single time. And it was like, oh, they just they don't know how to they, – they didn't spy him. They didn't, like, contain him. They didn't know how to handle someone who could just run for 10 yards whenever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And – yeah, that was bad. Just, I mean, you looked at the secondary, you looked at the offensive line, just got the offensive destroyed. line got worked. Yeah, the line got well, worked. it was a lot. We, I think everyone's talking about the secondary a whole lot, but you also look at they, they did. I mean, you forced the fumble mm-hmm. and they convert no points off of it. Then yeah. you take the interception and they convert no points off of it. So riddle me that if one of them would have went back and got even a field goal, does that game change from the momentum? Because it happened very early in the game. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But I'll also just say that I think that there was, like, I never doubted who the better team in that game was. It sure. always no. felt like Oklahoma was the better yeah. team. Mm-hmm. And, um, by the way, you take out Rashawn Johnson's 57-yard run, say, yeah. they that, had 250 yards. Yeah. Like, and Oklahoma's defense, I think Oklahoma's defense is better under Alex Grinch. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. It wasn't that great. No, it's not. It's not world beating right now. It's no. prob- it might eventually be when he right. gets his recruits in. But it just like that was not. That was not good. And also, lay off Tim Beck because this is the same guy, the same play caller that was calling these plays that lit up LSU, that lit up Oklahoma State. The problem was they had no setup because Sam Ellinger had no time to throw. Wasn't mm-hmm. there some stat that like half of their plays went for zero or negative yards? It's like it's not when when they can't. Get a push up front. No, they had plays aren't going to work. They had yeah. Let lay off Tim Beck because no one was giving him praise when this offense was humming Mm -hmm. and really, really dominating and really looking great. But now, when they face when they face a defense that they can't block, surprise plays don't work and like it doesn't matter what you call because they're not going to work. I'm pretty sure in the at halftime it was yeah they were 14 out of the 36 plays or whatever they had on offense or maybe that was just in the first quarter went for yeah one yard or less. Yeah. Well, the other thing they they. Um, Jeffrey McCullough and Chris Brown are now out with injury as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, look, if you're Texas, the, what this does is probably eliminates you from the playoff. Sure. But everything else is still in front of you're you. Still, you're still in the home you, for the Big if 12 you, title. If you win out, you win out, then you can you can play for the Big 12 title. And you get another shot at Oklahoma. Maybe you beat Oklahoma on a neutral site mm-hmm. again. Um, and, and you get the better of them and maybe one thing, you have a better game plan. Yeah. But... You know, that probably just eliminates him from the playoff. Mm. Next up, Texas A&M. Um, <sighs> so, first first the praise for, for A&M. Mm-hmm. I think that, honestly, they played a little bit better defensively than I anticipated. I think their front... Did a little bit better than I thought. Now they couldn't get any pass rush on Tua, right? But 
slowing down the run for the most part. I feared, I feared that Najee Harris was going to run for 700 yards in this game coming into it because I thought that I thought that the defensive line was going to blow it up. I thought the defensive line was actually okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line pressure, did, you know, kind of played like we thought they were. They weren't able to run the ball, and basically outside of Kellen Mond, mm-hmm. which hey hey, let him loose. Yeah, um, Mond was fine. I still maintain there's this weird section of people who think that Mond is the biggest problem for them, and it's no. just not. Their best plays were Kellen Mond running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just let Kellen Mond run. The offensive line, the offensive line didn't play well. Yeah. Um. And look, it's the number one team in the, in, in the nation. And then it like they kind of held like they were at arm's length for a while, and then it just fell apart towards the end. That block, that block pump for a touchdown was just a killer. Um. And look, it's the number one team in the, in the nation, mm-hmm. right? I don't think A&M embarrassed themselves, but I also think that it's just clear that they're just not on that level. Plain and simple. We didn't think they were on that level. They're not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confirmation bias, but it's the case. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 the, I, I, didn't think, I didn't think A&M played particularly poorly, but like to beat Alabama and especially to, ha- well, to hang with Alabama and especially to beat them, you got to play great, yeah. and they didn't play great. They played fine. So that's not. This is not like the kind of. This is this is a more encouraging result than Auburn or Arkansas, mm-hmm. but it's not a win. And the bottom line is that now, you know, still got Georgia on the schedule. You still got LSU on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Better not lose one of the Mississippi schools. God. I yeah, I mean, like it. It's frustrating, but I mean, like these. You know, you look at AM's schedule and the games they've lost. We kind of expected them. I mean, to it's, lose. it's been like, really chalky. It, yeah, it's been very chalky so far. Yeah, Maybe the nature was, of these losses are probably more frustrating. Auburn but. was a bit of a turn game. We thought <laughs> Auburn's better than we thought they were. Yeah. but Auburn was a bit of a turn game. Now it looks like they're cruising towards seven and five, which, which is, is what, kind of what we thought, thought they were going to be. Yeah. Texas State, and here no, with the Texas God, State thought is proud alumnus Ishmael Johnson. Um, same song, different verse. Um, I know Tyler Vitz and or not Tyler Vitz, uh, Gress Jensen is in concussion protocol after the game. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's more of the same. Uh, can't move the ball. Uh, the run defense is really starting to scare me. Um, they yeah, they got they got worked by they, Josh Johnson. Yeah, they cannot stop the run. Caleb Evans from UL Monroe looks like he's returning to his sophomore year form of being one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. So it doesn't surprise me that he played really well. But yeah, the thing that really uh, stuck out to me was how they could not stop the run at all. And yeah. that's been a consistent thing, even going back to SMU where TJ McDaniel had a Heisman type game against yeah. them. So <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, the biggest news to come out of that day was that Brady McBride's transfer waiver was denied. So they're stuck with Jensen or Vitt or. Um, I guess uh, Cedric Case, if if uh, Jensen's hurt, uh, Case might be the backup quarterback for this week or next week, I guess. Um, yeah, same story, different verse. <laughs> uh, two and four, they get a week off and then go to Arkansas State. Yeah, Texas Tech. Um, look, I I think that I think that they're I think they're better than we feared they were going to be. Like yeah, without especially yeah, Jet Duffy. Jet something's different about Jet Duffy right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's he, really looking like he looks like he's in control yeah. of the offense. Now he threw two bad picks. Yeah, well, one bad pick. The right. other one's fine. But um, they were able to run the ball against with Sir Roderick Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, it's a loss. They're three and three on the year. Um, this would have been a great one, and and and. The you know what they they had they they I don't want to say they had the game won mm-hmm. but like they had Baylor on their on their own one mm-hmm. with a minute nineteen left and they ended up giving up a field goal yeah. to send it to overtime 
We can certainly talk about the, we can certainly talk about the snap infraction. The snap infraction, and that's going to be a lot of talk. But in the end, there were a lot of other plays in that game that the game could have turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was wor- when when Alan Bowman went down, I was like, okay. This prop, this team, it's going to be repeated last year. They're yeah. not going to be a making bowl right. game. No. All but I mean, like, Duffy, and the one thing about he's making plays with his arm. Yes. He's not like he's last not year. It was just like you know he was like uh, maybe he can run. Yeah, yeah, maybe he can run for seventy five yards or something. But now it's like, man, he. I mean, look, you got Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia. I mean, they could put, if they could. Those are three those, winnable those games are, now. Three winnable games. There's certainly two that they're favored in. Um, if they can pull an upset, Kansas State looks a lot worse yeah. than what we thought. I mean, they're gonna have their we'll shot. See. Yeah, they have their shot. I'm, I'm like, it's it's weird to it's weird to that the team that won, I'm like not feeling great about, right. and the team that lost, I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot more positive about. But yeah. in the end, like my expectations were just different. I thought that Baylor was pretty clearly the better team, especially at home. Should go out there and dominate. Tech kind of took the fight to them, and that mm-hmm. defense continues to be pretty good. Now it it collapsed late, collapsed at the worst possible time. Yep, but. Overall, I think there's a lot to be excited about for Tech. Uh, I know the the record's three and three, but overall, I think I think it could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. UTEP um, didn't play. Yeah, thank goodness. And finally, sorry guys, I'm just I, I you will you will you will not find many people who want UTEP to succeed more than me. That's yeah, I can give you that one. That's but, true. But it's just it's hard to watch right now. Yeah, and so I needed a week off. And finally, UTSA. Um, that was disappointing, too. The mm-hmm. bigger disappointing news is that Frank Harris is apparently out for the year. Mm-hmm. So they are stuck with Noel Sarcis. Or uh, Lowell Narcisse. Narcisse. Noel Sarcis. <laughs> Lowell Narcisse. Who just, like, they have no downfield presence. None. No. I, well, I gotta Part of it is they can't protect. Right. Um, the the credit I'll give UTSA in this one. Uh, one, they kept it close for way longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, two, credit to offensive coordinator Jeff Castle, who's basically reinvented this offense to, it's more or less a high school power run offense. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. Lowell Narcisse can run, and he can. he's a big body that can take hits. Mm-hmm. So we're going to run power. We're going to run Reed with um, um, uh, McCormick. McCormick, and that's our offense. Yeah, and it's it. Last year, that was kind of the problem was they were making Narcisse throw, and he really isn't that good at it. So it's like just take your two physical runners and run them fifty times a game, and that's basically that's what they did. What it, yeah. Now the pro- yeah the problem is that at some point you got to throw. You got to throw. You're going to be trailing. Even army throw. throws. Right. You know what I mean to keep them off balance. And yeah. instead, UAB was able to stack the box. They ended up running for only three and a half yards carry, yeah. and it's like. All right, that's just kind of the you know th- this is what UTSA is right now. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it's probably going to cost Frank Wilson his job. Probably, and yeah. you know we're you know moving forward. They they've got to. I think it stinks because I do think this team is different with Frank Harris. Sure, but we're, we, there's nothing you can do about injuries, and and it's it's it sucks. But I mean, even with Frank Harris, we saw. I mean, like Baylor's undefeated right now, but we saw the Baylor game. Yeah, where it's like, oh, they, there's just, yes, it's just a a gap an entire ocean of talent or I don't want to say talent because they have talent on the field but like there's just an ocean of quality between those two programs and based off a couple years ago when UTSA just upset these guys like a couple years ago like now it looks like they don't belong in the same field the well, execution would be the word that I would well, and I've got, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest um, so they play Rice this week yeah Rice coming off a of bye week I, <sighs> if they lose this game I was about to say that, like, yeah this is I don't know I don't know what the, I'm thinking what about the, picking Rice in this game I want, if they lose this game, um, then I think they're they're then you're in very big trouble. Is it way. in Houston? E- no, it's at, it's, at, it's, it's at the Alamo Dome. ESPN's matchup predictor is favoring Rice. That's not good. It's sixty percent to forty nine. Um, I haven't seen a line. Oh, thirty nine. Sorry, but um, I haven't seen a line on it yet. But it, the point is, it's, it's it's disappointing. And, and right now, like you want to talk about, 
you know, if they lose at home to Rice. <laughs> They're oh, all right, Rice. I mean, we we talk about Rice being improved, but Rice is still zero and six, and UTSA <laughs> is, is, is an underdog according to ESPN. Just disappointing. <laughs> just disappointing, and and, yeah. and I don't know. I don't know. It's disappointing. So that's how we're going to close out the campus crawl. Did anybody get the? Uh, oh, this one's easy. Order? I won't say it, but this one's pretty easy. Uh, the comments from it were. Let's go here. Let's see. Um, order of QB passer rating. Nope. Hmm. Opposing QB passer rating. Nope. It really isn't that hard. Plus minus turnover margin. Nope. Those are the only three that guessed. Ish. Alphabetical order. It's alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, a pat, pat, pat on, a a pat on the back for Ish. A pat on the back for Ish. I will tussle your hair. Uh, no. Uh, now we go that to, was part of the deal. No. Now we go to, <laughs> no, but he can opt out. <laughs> now, and now we go to Ashley Fickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. All right. Um, first one, Step is in Canada. He it is. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. So he said hello from that, and then he said his wife made a homemade mac and cheese with an oh. irresponsible number of different cheeses. Yes. Mm, well done. That's it. Well done so to Mrs. Step. Yeah, that's good on that one. Um, the other one, let's see. Uh, Want to talk Cowboys? Will they? Rep- it's time to. Is it re- time to replace Jason Garrett? I tweeted the photos. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, our friend John, our, our photographer John Hamilton, outstanding oh, yeah, photographer John seen. Hamilton, was at the Texas OU game. Shot it for te- uh, Dave Campbell's Texas football. Thanks to shout out to John Hamilton, and uh, sent me these photos of uh, Gil Brandt talking to Lincoln Riley. There's just a. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> theory <laughs> there's some photos uh yeah that was that was ugly i was actually at i was out to dinner with me and um <laughs> and it was at like a kind of a place with tvs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like they that two-point conversion went down and like yeah. you could feel the energy like suck <laughs> from the like die. we are gonna lose to the jets yeah uh, it was not good i don't think a&m's very good I'm sorry, not AM. I, no. I don't think um, the Cowboys are very good. Yeah. I think AM's actually okay. But I think I think AM's better than uh, relatively I mean, the Cowboys. I mean if if they wanna if they wanna go after Lincoln Riley, man, make him say no to all that money. Like if th- yeah. you could do a lot worse. <laughs> you could do a lot worse. A lot yeah. worse. Anything else? Uh yeah, last question. When you say uh that stuff is the meatloaf, what does that mean? Um if you've ever heard um if it's from the, the documentary film uh, Wedding Crashers. Yes. Um Will Farrell is yelling at his mom. He's like, Mom! Meatloaf! Meatloaf! I never know what she's F! doing back there! F! I always think, like, basically, I just leave out the word F. Uh, <laughs> but it's basically, uh, you're blowing it, is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> okay. If you're, if you're doing that. Okay, good, good. Then yes. Um, it's a good reference. And, yeah, that's going to do it for us, right? Yeah, thanks we're good. For, thanks for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTFLex on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Robert Koopman, the head coach of the Friendswood Mustangs. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas Football Today. <laughs>